Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to our live and exclusive coverage of the early sessions of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship here at the 61st running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. We're up on the fifth floor, it's IMSA Radio with uh, Jeremy Shaw and Peter Mackay with me, John Hindorf, and in the pit lane it'll be Nick Damon and Joe Bradley. On the clock we have one hour and 30 minutes. Plenty of running last weekend, including qualifying. We'll get you up to date on all of that. But we are starting the official practice for the weekend's big race and the opener of a very important season in 2023. It's the dawn of the new GTP era for IMSA. And it's all live here on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Let's head straight down to the pit lane and first of all check in with Nick Damon who uh, is in back with us in the Rolex 24-hour at Daytona pit lane. Good morning, Nicholas. How are you? Ah, good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to the, uh, the Daytona pit lane. Fantastic. First time I've been here since 2017. So uh, six years off, and they've managed to go through two complete generations of cars. So, you know, just for me, uh, a brand new start. Yeah, I've been uh, standing out on the apron uh, looking at the, uh, the new GTPs, and they're pretty impressive pieces of kit, to be honest. Joe Bradley, excited about this one. We had a, a busy and an exciting weekend a couple of weekends ago in Dubai with some new cars and some new drivers in the GT3 uh, uh, categories there to kick off the international endurance season. But this one, this has taken it up even a couple of more notches, hasn't it? Well, the sports car season starts early for us, doesn't it, uh, in January. But this one, I've got to say I've been excited about this one for quite a long time now. Here we are, the very beginning of the new era. And I think it's probably something we've never, ever seen before in, in sports car racing, certainly in, in my and your lifetime. This uh, convergence of regulation where we're going to see cars that are competing here in GTP, the same cars are eligible to compete in the World Endurance Championship. And you've got to go back, what, early 80s before, early mid-80s before we've seen that again? Long before uh, I was born, yeah, Joe. I mean, you'll remember it, obviously, as you're vaguely, so much older than me. Vaguely, in black and white as well. Uh, so <laughs> I yes, look faster in black and white. <laughs> I am very excited, John. And uh, I'm for FYI, I'm at pit out, so I haven't had... I haven't indulged myself in GTP land at the more... Uh, unlike Nick, I'm in the world of GTD, LMP, three and i've got to say you know let's not just focus on the gtp cars that are here we've got brand new cars in gtd to to look at the new porsche the new lamborghini which is an evolution we've got
got, you know what? I'm, I've, I've peaked early, haven't I? The new Ferrari, you know, there's so wait much till to you talk see, about. Joe, wait till you see that new Ferrari. It's, um, particularly if you can see it unclothed, if you will, it, it's prototype-esque underneath. And the rear arches on that car, for me, go right back to the Ferraris of the the 1950 uh, the 1960s with that raised rear arch uh, over the back wheels peter mckay joins us once again good morning peter how are you real pleasure to uh, to to be here uh for this well dawn of a new era of uh, sports car racing as well and uh, yeah isn't it great to see the sport in such rude health so many entries so many top class entries and we've got some of the biggest names in motorsport not just sports car racing here andretti Penske, um, you know, Wayne Taylor Racing, Vassar Sullivan and, and many, many others. It's fantastic. Uh, and Wayne Taylor uh, uh, Racing with Andretti Autosport, mm, mm. two giants of the sport have come together. Yeah. Uh, you are in the middle of, of, of writing what will be the definitive tome <laughs> on the, the Porsche RS Spider. So interest for you here, because in the back of that 963 is a derivation of that, that V8 engine, which I think started at 3.6, ended up in the 918 road car as well, now out at 4.6 and twin turbo. But effectively, that I think it's, is it 9DR or 9RD? I can't remember what the internal designation is for that engine. But that's effectively the same engine that Penske ran in the open top uh, Spiders in the bright yellow DHL colours. It, it certainly has its roots in that. Yeah, 3.4 liter V8 at oh, the time right, when okay. they went. But isn't it? There is a lot of serendipity and a lot of history repeating themselves. Of course, Penske and Porsche reforming that for partnership after 15 years away, after so much success with the RSU Spider, as you say, and they're going up against you know WTR Andretti Acura. Remember Andretti Acura? Yeah. That's a. This is a, a rivalry. Re, yeah, re, that's sort of reviving, which is great. So yeah, that engine is is uh, it's amazing. It's very typical Porsche taking a base concept and just developing it and developing it as well and they do that obviously in their GT cars the new their brand new 992 GT3 R on, on circuit and it's now a 4.2 litres as opposed to 4 litres I don't know how they're going to make it any bigger it, I think they're right on the, right on the no, limit no, yeah. I've, I've seen the block with the, the heads off it's the old uh, RSR engine mm. um, it's 419 something and when I asked the engineer he couldn't get it closer to 4 litres and he said hang on I'll show you the block with it. and I went now you can't get another cubic centimetre out of that. It is that far away. You could not get a piece of paper between the bores. There's a, Jeremy, there's a, a lot of history tangled up in the GTP nomenclature for IMSA. And, and as we've heard there from all of the guys, there's a sort of looking backwards and going forwards at the same time here in 2023. Yeah, it is great, isn't it? There is so much enthusiasm about this new category. It was fun last night. The, the Road Racing Drivers Club had a dinner down, down there at the, uh, in the infield. And uh, all sorts of drivers from the old GTP era were down there. Uh, Brian Redman, uh, who won the first uh, series in GTP back in with the Lola T600 uh, back in the early 80s. Uh, David Hobbs was down there. John Fitzpatrick, great to see Fitzy uh, first time in a while. And, and all sorts of uh, interesting drivers down there last night. And a lot of them reflecting on those uh, the old GTP era. But the, the, these new cars, this new breed of cars, it's, they're technically very, very sophisticated indeed. Uh, and very, very complicated, that's for sure. But uh, as we saw last weekend, during the raw test and that qualifying session, there's already set the grid for this weekend's 61st running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Incredibly closely matched. Those four manufacturers, all nine cars, 
albeit one of them was penalised uh, at the end, covered by less than, or just around about eight tenths of a second. Wow. Michael Christensen drafted in from Porsche GT to now Porsche prototype. Nick Damon is down at the Penske at the Porsche Penske Motorsport pit. Michael, you've had a whole weekend of running a few days ago. You've done qualifying. What more work is there to do for the team? Well, it's been a lot of work for the guys to prepare for this. Uh, yeah, this weekend now, just uh, finishing off for the roll. But when Royal Fast starting second uh, for the race, and um, yeah, just. For the guys, was just to prepare the car and, and put all the race spec parts on the car to be able to finish the race. I mean, how worried are you also? How worried are all the GTP runners about reliability? I, mean, I think you've done a 30-hour test, haven't you, at Sebring? Yeah, we did a 36-hour test at Sebring in October. Um, for sure, we had small things uh, to improve during that test, but also after. But I, I'm quite rela- um, quite. Uh, happy with with the progress we have done so far and uh, yeah hopefully we we won't have any trouble during the race how how you find the uh, the trans the, uh, the change from running in the uh, yeah, the, the the tin tops to the, the full prototypes no it's been it's been good it's been uh, for sure a, a big learning curve for everyone for me for the team for 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 Porsche as well just uh, getting to know which direction we have to go and what we, which areas we have to improve and and for sure, it's uh, still a big task to get everything optimized. But uh, yeah, I think we have, we're in a good spot, but uh, definitely still things to improve. And what's been the biggest surprise of that change, positive or negative? Oh, I don't know. Um, I guess less space in the car. <laughs> I mean, the car is faster and, and it's been good fun. Um, it's always fun with more power. So it's been a good change for me. It's been um, it's good. The car is more direct than a GT car. And, uh, yeah, just working with new people, learning from uh, new other experiences. So just learning new people and, um, and from everyone uh, that, that is new to you. So it's, it's, it's good to, to just keep improving. And, um, yeah, the whole process has been quite good. The number 53, the MDK MD Motorsports Porsche. Um, it's down on the entry list, the one I saw, is in the GTD class. However, Mark Wama is going to explain why a change of class. You guys have gone to GTD Pro, Mark. Uh, yeah, basically we thought that the red of GTT Pro looked better on the car. <laughs> it does have a thing, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, what's well, the, go on, what is it? Yeah, but really, seriously, we had planned to run all three um, uh, races with Jason, Jan, and Trenton after the Daytona. And then as, as we kind of looked at the whole performance uh, issues kind of going on, we decided that it would be best for us to be in GTD Pro. We have three great pro drivers, and so it, it just made more sense for us. Yeah, so we've, we've had a lot of qualifying. Uh, sorry, qualifying's already done and dusted. We've yeah. got a red flag out on track at the moment. Gives us a little bit more time to perhaps get to the bottom of this, Mark. Um, the, the Porsche is showing quite a, a lack of performance, shall I say. Well, I think anytime you have a new car coming out, I think the IMSA guys are doing a great job trying to figure things out. Uh, you know, I think the Ferrari's in a very similar boat. So what we're trying to do is just show them all we got and then let the powers of be decide what needs to be done. And, and you know what? Qualifying a week ago, that's all done and dusted now. I, I kind of like that because you guys can now focus on the race, can't you? Absolutely. I mean, we've been working with... Uh, uh, we're partnering with Monti to help us with the engineering and, and with Owen Hayes, who is amazing. And we actually sat down today. It was a lot of fun this morning, kind of going through the whole run plan, both as a GTD Pro team, but as well as really get ready for the 24. This is my 10th 24 in a row, uh, and it's the first one with my own team. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. 
Thank you, Mark. Thanks for talking to us and shedding a bit of light on that. From the 53 Porsche, we go, we stay with Porsche because I think it's a Porsche that's brought this red flag out. Thank you, Mark. Uh, you're absolutely right, Mr. Bradley. It is the Kelly Moss number 92, which has uh, ground to a halt. Where did I put my binos? There they are. Uh, just on the way into the pit lane. And that at the moment. Alec Yadel. Alec Yadel, okay. He's behind the wheel. Thank you, Peter. Uh, and we've Smiling already. Smiling Buddha car. This one, yes. <laughs> yeah. We've already got the uh, AMR IMSA Chevy safety truck and the team to it. Hello to all of our safety teams and our marshals. I know you'll be listening along. 107.9 around the circuit, RS2 around the world. Now, the question is will that flat toe or does it need a flat bed? Ah, we've got a wrecker truck coming in, or a tow truck if you're further afield from here at the circuit. Just to our left, uh, just coming on to the tri-oval, uh, down below the uh, pit lane blend line, never mind the double yellow line, and Alec has brought the car to a halt. has got uh, a phalanx of cars coming through to complete the lap under red flag conditions, led by the bright green Lamborghini, as Joe mentioned, in an evolution format now, that Lamborghini. And heading into the pit lane now that is the behind it. We've got uh, some of the LMP3 cars, then the Inception McLaren, then the Wins LMP2 car. Ben Keating doing his usual great job and putting that one together. They're all staying in the fast lane. Behind that is the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW. Talked to some of their mechanics uh, at the, uh, over the weekend of the Raw. We're staying in the same accommodation and uh, said to them, How they go? how's it going? Yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. And uh, better than last year. I went, uh, better than last year? Yeah, we didn't have a car this time last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot that. They didn't get the BMW, of course, Peter, until uh, until Sebring oh. last year. And they got on top of that car very quickly and clocked the first IMSA win with oh. the, the new BMW. They got on top of it so quickly. But, uh, you know, looking through the entry list in, in detail, their driver lineup is one of the strongest, arguably the strongest in GTD. You know, Brian Sellers and Madison Snow, the full season drivers, have got, they've got seven years of driving together and really are best, best friends and both really fast. I mean, Madison's one of the fastest silver-graded drivers there is. Um, and then you look at, you know, they brought Corey Lewis uh, on board in that car as, as well, who, of course, they won the, those three guys. They won the race together three years ago. I think that they're in a very, very strong position. I think they have reasons to be cheerful yeah. uh, uh, down at Paul Miller Racing. Yeah, they know how to put a... Oh, and just Maxime Martin as well, of course. You Maxi know, just chuck him in for good measure. Max Martin, <laughs> who I think at the moment the, the full... Bathurst entry list uh, is due out. In fact, it may have come out overnight. Haven't worked out the time zones yet. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to bring any embargoes. Six o'clock ETT. Uh, Tim Gray will know up in London. But I think Max is the only one who's doing the triple, doing the uh, Dubai, Daytona, Bathurst, so Dudar Bay. Um, uh, on the uh, that would then be what uh, 60 hours uh, of racing. I haven't had a good look yet at the uh, the Bathurst 12 hours, uh, which is not this weekend, but next weekend, and you can hear and see that uh, on uh, our 
RSL channels. The uh, MRSGT oh, yes. racing team that's here running a uh, an LMP3 car, car number 43, they, they were at Dubai as well. Yes, they were. With running four Porsches. Yes. It's the same, exactly the same, 18 people on that team that were at Dubai are here this weekend really? running the P3 car. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> that... I had chat with Carsten Molitor yesterday. He was telling me about that. I thought, fantastic. That is, uh, that's, that's enthusiasm. It's a really good, uh, good group of people down there. And tell you what, that's a stout driver lineup for, for new to the prototype ranks. They ran just the, f- the final round of last year's German prototype uh, three championship. Did that uh, MRS GT team. And for here this weekend, they've got four silver drivers, uh, one of only two uh, cars in the LMP3 field is running all silver drivers, no bronzes and nothing above that either. Uh, it'll be uh, James French, uh, Guillaume D'Oliveira, James French from Wisconsin, uh, Guillaume D'Oliveira from Portugal, Sebastian Alvarez from Mexico, lives now in London, and Daniel Frost from Singapore. That's going to be a stout lineup. So the, the 92, that's the, uh, the Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche, brought the session to a halt with a red flag there. Andrew Davis, one of the drivers out of that car. Andrew, any news coming from the car as to what the problem is? Uh, just a little bit. I was uh, over the radio listening to, to Alex's uh, response, and it, yeah, the car just didn't want to go. Uh, maybe a fuel issue or something. Uh, we've got fuel in it, but just something you know, that's uh, not getting the fuel to the bits that need it. So uh, he tried to limp it in, but uh, it finally stalled out on us. So we'll pull it back to the garage, plug it in, see what's going on. And, uh, you know, these Kelly Moss and Riley guys are doing a great job. So we'll get it back out there shortly. I mean, it must be really frustrating, all the drivers here in their suits ready to go. And then, well, you've been around this game for so long, Andrew. It's just part of the game, isn't it? It really is. And, yeah, early on in your career, yeah, you get all amped up in this kind of the ebb and flow and the highs and lows. But you realize at this stage that this is just what happens. So, uh, yeah, we'll find the, find the issue and get it fixed and, and learn from it, which is really the key. You're going to win at this level. It's about learning and experience at this stage. How much, I mean, you've done a lot of run, you've, you guys have done a lot of running already this week. Just how, you know, how will it affect the team, you guys driving it? How will it affect the car losing this, uh, what it's going to be a chunk of this session, no doubt? Yeah, I don't think it will really affect us too much. We had a, quite a good roar. Uh, we ran you know, all the laps that we needed to run. Uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of going to go through some of our test plan uh, and continue on. So you never want to miss sessions, but we're not in a position at this stage where there's anything dire. We'll, uh, we'll readjust our test plan and get everybody in there, so we'll be fine. And, of course, it gets rid of the problems this time of the week and not at the weekend. Much better than later on in the weekend. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. I'll leave you to get over there. Thanks, guys. Joe Bradley with Andrew Davis down in that Kelly Moss uh, with Riley. Great to see KMR expanding. They've got two of those new GT3 cars, Jeremy, and they've not moved away from their commitment in the Porsche Carrera Cup. This is another step on the ladder, another string to their ball. Yeah, indeed. And uh, these two cars that are going to be running in the IMSS WeatherTech Sports Car Championship this season are run out of the Riley shop uh, in Mooresville, North Carolina, uh, part of the, the, you know, the Riley Motorsports uh, team. I mean, they've had a massive amount of success over the years. I think 20 championships they've won over the last 25 years or so, driver, team, manufacturer, whatever it might be, including, however, six... Uh, Michelin Endurance Cup Championships. Uh, they are no one has won more since the advent of that championship. Started off as Tequila Patron North American, uh, Tequila Patron uh, Endurance Cup in 2014, with the uh, convergence of the two IMSA and Grand Am series. But yeah, fantastic success there. And they have been very, very clever about when and where they take pit stops in the longer races, and they prioritise scoring points there. 
it's a trophy at the end of the season it's a championship you can say what you like about it but you know you can't yeah. take that away from them oh no you know, absolutely remarkable you know they, they've had so much success there uh, they won four in GTD they won the last two in LMP3 as well uh, and so you know Bill Riley and the boys there boys and girls there are going to be super busy this weekend they're also running in the, the VP racing challenge last weekend they ran a couple of uh, of LP3 cars in that plus one of the Porsches as well so uh, yeah there's a huge amount uh, going on there in that combined Riley and Kelly Moss organization let's go straight back down to the pit lane where Nick Damon has spotted one of our favorite Kiwis Earl Bamba he has done the double or will do the double uh, from Dubai and here at Daytona um, not, I don't think he's racing at Bathurst next weekend, though, Nick. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting to you in the, uh, the Sun of Dubai. Now it's the Sun of Daytona. Congratulations, you've got uh, fourth overall in, uh, in Dubai. Are you happy with that? But ironically, to be honest, we're a little bit disappointed with that. Um, we, we had third place in the bag there, and we were fighting against WRT, and uh, we lost out on a, on a yellow there. But it was a great performance by the team. Guys did good. Um, and now we're, now we're here looking forward to the big one. It was, a, it was, to be honest, for me, it was a really nice warm-up because the last time we had raced was October at uh, Petit Le Mans. So to get back in a race car, do 24 hours of, of driving and running was really good coming here. Odd situation. You've already done hours of practice. You've done qualifying. And you come back here again for two more days of practice. I mean, what's, what's the program? I mean, for us, the guys have uh, been working hard over the last couple of days. We've completely rebuilt the car. So uh, this first session's a, a shakedown. Um, getting everything back in tune and these cars are incredibly complicated so it's about learning the whole thing every session we're getting better and better with these cars and the biggest thing right now is to operate them with the 61 cars around we've been privately testing with everyone alone but now there's 61 cars out there and it's definitely a challenge and we're going to be learning as that race goes I think all the GDP cars are going to be learning um, each stint as we go by and we're going to see who's left on Sunday afternoon let's get a bit of feedback sorry I'll just move this way but, um, obviously you were in the, the Cadillac uh, DP last year, we keep moving to avoid this, uh, this feedback, the Cadillac DP last year and, and, and prior to that you've done you know, the big LMP ones of uh, many years ago what's the difference, is the difference in driving style you need for these cars from this year to last year and even more from four or five years ago? Yeah I mean they're definitely a different car, it's a different completely different set of regulations I, I would almost uh, say it's similar to the old GTLM um, you know the downforce has greatly decreased but the, the power is uh, really high and really big and um, with the weight at, you know, 13, 30, 13, 40 kilos, uh, oh, sorry, 10, 40, it's, uh, it's right up there, not far away from a GT car. So um, I think that mix of prototype and GT style is good, and that's why you see a lot of guys that have come up through the GT stuff are jumping into this. Um, I think there's nearly one guy in every single car. Um, so, so sort of the, the driving style, um, and they're great fun. I think for the fans, it's going to be great racing. Our car sounds fantastic. Um, can't wait to hear it at Le Mans, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think the, the IMSA and the ACO have done a fantastic job with the category. The LMP2 class will, as ever, be one of the most competitive classes here at Daytona this year. I'm seeing uh, a lot of familiar faces in unfamiliar places. I'm down at TDS for the number 35 LMP2 entry. It's the Oracle chassis of the TDS car. Josh Pearson, who's a familiar name. Um, Josh, um, last season it was all about you being the... You know, the youngest driver here, the youngest driver there, but now you're just part of the furniture now, aren't you? We see you everywhere. Yeah, you know, I definitely think uh, last year was an experience. Uh, starting the year off, obviously, here at Daytona is uh, very difficult, especially coming from sports cars, you know, to, uh, 
to sports cars from a USF 2000 and a single seater. So definitely was a big adjustment last year, but looking forward to coming back and joining the TDS guys here. Yeah, we've already done qualifying. Is that a bit of a relief? You've got that out of the way now? Um, yeah, you know, I think so. Obviously, Francois did a great job in qualifying. We're starting P2. So, you know, I think it's a great way to roll off the line here, and we're just going to look forward to, you know, making our way through the race. And, of course, your teammate, you just sat here with Guido van der Garder. I mean, a man with so... You've raced with so many people with such experience. How much benefit do you get from being partnered with people like Guido, for instance? I think there's a huge advantage in endurance racing, especially, you know, for me being a silver and the guys that I've gone to learn from the last couple of years is incredible. So obviously definitely a, a huge privilege and really lucky to be working with guys like Guido and Job. And you are, well, well, you're here in IMSA for a start. Have you got a program for the World Endurance Championship as well? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll be back with United this year in the World Endurance Championship and uh, Ollie will be joining me again. Um, and it'll be Tom Blomquist with us instead of Alex. I, I wish we could have kept Alex, but he's got to deal with Cadillac. Yeah, he has. Thanks, thanks, Josh. Um, I think we're about to go green, so I'll leave you to go back to work. Thank you for that. Speaking uh, of Guido later, I think, Guido. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Just gone to green, actually, Joe. Back to green after the uh, recovery of that uh, errant Porsche. And we still have an hour and ten minutes to go. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether you're here listening on 107.9 around the circuit or around the world. What is it? Uh, coming up to half past five in Europe, half past four in the UK on a Thursday afternoon. Maybe thinking of leaving work. Oh, no, you're going to do a little bit of overtime, are you? Uh, whilst you're sitting at your computer, um, working with your headphones in. Okay. <laughs> Let us know where you're listening. Already a big crowd here, Jeremy. There was a, a good... A very decent crowd in. I think probably the biggest that I've seen for the Raw. Um, quite a lot of RVs and trailers were left here during the week. Not necessarily with people staying in them. They might have gone and done something here down at the Space Coast or, or wherever. Um, but trackside already looking exceptionally busy for a Thursday. This almost looks... All right, if there was more people wandering around in the infield, this almost looks like a race day. People in the infield bleachers already. It really does. It's fantastic. The atmosphere was fa fabulous last weekend, and it's going to be just amazing uh, for the weekend. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's only Thursday. It's still, still Thursday morning, you're right, and it looks pretty full over there right now. I know ticket sales have been really, really strong compared to uh, last several years. So, uh, you know, it just speaks to the fact that there is a lot of excitement about this, this, uh, this series, the new cars in particular. But... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a full field here, 61 cars, as we saw them all lined up on the pit lane before they went out for this practice session. There's not much room on pit lane, it's going to no. get uh, fairly busy down there, but uh, it, it is uh, a very, very strong field indeed. She, I think, worked out it's 20 feet um, pit lane space per car, which is uh, one of the smallest, if not the smallest, amount of room that we have had. Joe Bradley's been looking at that towards pit out, Joe. It's going to be... Right, OK. Uh, yellow flags during the race, we split the field. So GTs and prototypes are different. And so there will be a little bit of room because we haven't got all the prototypes and all the, the GTs together. But green flag pit stops, you might be coming in as a prototype with GT cars either side of you. And put your team manager hat on. You're going to have to work with the people either side of you, aren't you? Well, it's, it's going to be very, very busy over the wall during those, those yellow periods. Um, on, on a more personal level, usually I see gaps 
between the team's awnings uh, where I can sneak in and get over the wall. However, there are no gaps this year. Everybody is crammed together. So you're basically, you're at the back of the awnings. To get over the wall, you've either got to crash your way through a garage and, and push team personnel to one side, which is, of course, what we do not do. Uh, or you have to come in the bottom end or go in the top end. So it's, it's not just busy for the cars on pit lane, but it's very cramped conditions for the team personnel to work in. And when you've got tyres being brought in, you've got fuel drums everywhere, you've got refuelling processes and protocols going on, it's, it, it can be, you know what, that's got to be a choreographed session in itself on how you address the, the servicing of your car during those pit stops from this side of the pit wall. We've been uh, discussing and considering the potential for reliability or lack thereof maybe for the GTP cars being as they're, well, none of them were running at this time last year. Uh, Porsche were the first on track. Nick Damon is at the GTP ends. They are all doing their pit launches on electric power. That is going to be the, uh, the standard. But we are now one short on the pit lane, Nick. What's going on? Yeah, the numbers set. I was actually just having a, a listening to what Joe was saying and about to chip in that they are finding it very difficult to avoid themselves. Like the two BMWs were parked in their uh, RLL pit lane, uh, the 25 and the 24. And the 24 wanted to leave. They had to get the dollies out and put it at an angle so they could actually avoid its own teammate. And whilst looking at that, I saw the Pen uh, Porsche Penske number seven doing the same thing, but that wasn't trying to avoid anything. It was being rolled back into, go behind the wall. So there's a problem. With the uh, with the number seven uh, Porsche, which I will try and find out what it is. I bet your bottom dollar won't tell me. You probably can get. Uh, we'll certainly be able to get uh, um, you on the pack uh, back in the paddock. So if you want to have a wander back and, and have a look, I'll, I'll keep my ears peeled for you. This the number six nine sixty three had a wheel bearing problem, left front wheel bearing from memory. Uh, they kept it out of a couple of sessions at the at the Raw. Um, Porsche were first out, Jeremy, and, and have done either the most or the second most kilometres, miles uh, of testing. We heard Michael Christensen telling Nick their 36-hour test that went very, very well indeed. Yeah, the, yeah they've, they've certainly you know, got a, a good amount of running. They've certainly had some develop, developmental problems with the, all of the cars and uh, even the different manufacturers, even though there's a lot of common components there from the various suppliers uh, they've had kind of different problems no one's having the same sort of difficulties they had but just talk about that you know, the, the pit lane again the fact the BMWs were struggling to get past one another these uh, GTP cars they're almost two feet longer than the previous breed of DPI cars wow. so uh, yeah they are you know, not quite as uh, you know, even less maneuverable than before in the pit lane and they are quite a bit heavier as well. Yeah. The, their minimum weight is 1030 yeah. kilos, which is a full 100 kilos, which is me. You know, that, that, that's, well, I'd like to think I was 100 kilos. I'm probably five or six more than that. But that's the minimum weight. Yeah. And I'm not sure even if they're all down at minimum weight. It was 930 for the, the DPIs. That's, that's quite a bit of mass to accelerate and brake and turn. Indeed, so, And that's the minimum weight. And these cars have a much larger fuel tank than was permitted Very previously. Good point. So when they start a stint, they are significantly heavier than one year ago. That is a very, very good point, Jeremy. Well made. Uh, at the top of the times, um, normally we just default to saying it's the number 60 Acura. But in fact, it is an Acura, but it's the 
It's the number 60 accurate, in fact, as I say that. Tom Blomqvist must have heard me, comes across the line. The man who set the pole position time uh, last weekend, which was 0 0.003 away from the qualifying for the qualifying race that we set last year for the last run of the DPIs. So these cars have got pace, even though their development at the moment is very much from all the manufacturers telling us it's very much focused on reliability tunability what are we doing how can we make the systems talk to each other and how do we just those systems in concert with the driver so actually making the cars go quickly and even doing anything much more than a basic setup we're not talking about right height and damper changes here just yet up in the second ring van der zander for the zero one cadillac that is the yellow-fronted Chip Ganassi run car. The blue one is the number two. The red-fronted car is the 31. And then it's the number six Porsche 963, Mathieu Jaminet. The seven is behind the wall, and Nick Damon has made his way up to the Porsche Penske motorsport garage area which if you've got the right pass you can visit you can stand on the, the top of might be a bit scratchy Nick but we'll give it a go uh, yes I'm, I'm with a, a number of very uh, dedicated fans who are also there they've just had a, a, a really good look around they were immediately um, scrabbling around in the front of the car going through the, uh, the pedal box uh, they have brought out a device a unit that has a number of hydraulic pipes connected to it a number of uh, sensors my guess is it's a power steering problem it's a power steering change that is the only thing I can think of that would look at that sort of design at the front of the car. So my guess is they've got a power steering pump change. Thanks, Nick. Nick Damon in the garage for us on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of sound and vision. And if you go to imsaradio.com and scroll to the bottom of the page, we'll have a schedule up there. It's not already up, but it'll be up shortly. We're just updating that at the moment with all of the... Uh, session times that we're covering and which ones you'll be able to watch on our video uh, on our site as well WeatherTech Mercedes has just gone behind the wall and pushed back Nick Damon we'll get a report on that shortly let's take a few more times in LMP2 it is the number 35 Mikkel Jensen uh, driven Orica, and they are all Oricas uh, this year. That is the TDS car that Joe was at earlier on with Josh Payson, Jop van Oetert, Guido van der Garde, Francois Euro uh, in that car. Uh, and um, Francois Euro in second. Mikkel Jensen in the 11, excuse me, uh, is the fastest in that. That is the TDS car of Stephen Thomas, Mikkel Jensen, Scott Huffinger, and Arenas VK in that machine. Joseph Newgarden getting some laps. He's just pitted, actually, in the car that he shares. This is the number 18, the Aero Motorsport eight. car. Uh, number eight, excuse me. Yep, in behind Ryan DL, uh, the number 18. In LMP3, Philippe Fraga has the best time for the Riley Ranch 74 car ahead of Joao Barbosa in the Sean Creech Motorsport car as we have a Lamborghini off the circuit at the International Horseshoe. And that's a job for my binoculars. Parked, parked up on the exit there, um, just on the little access road, so it is out the way of 
traffic. I wonder if we'll be able to handle this with just local yellows. It is the number 63, the bright green Lambo in its... That's the pro car. It is the, the pro car. Yeah, and with uh, Monsieur Grosjean. Romain Grosjean saw them all on the back of a four of them all uh, piled on top of a golf buggy heading into the paddock this morning one of the iron links Evo 2 Eurocans Roman uh, celebrating not having to take uh, commercial flights anymore he's got his pilot's license and he's been flying himself in a nice little uh, twin engine prop around the place Uh, in GTD it is the uh, arm or at least the GTD standard, shall we call it that. Lexus, the number 12, RT Lits has brought that car to the pit at the top of the time to the 57 win with AMG GT3. Russell Ward in second. Andy Lally for the number 44. Aston Martin at GT, Advantage GT. Then the best of the pro cars is the other Lexus, Jack Hawksworth. Red flag uh, for the recovery of that Lamborghini. He's just a little bit too far along. He has, he's not quite uh, out of harm's way. Uh, was it Calderelli behind the wheel of that car, uh, Jeremy? Was it? Yeah. Thank you. And who's second in GTD Pro? Oh, that's uh, Ross Gunn. Two Aston Martins with Hugh Plum in one of the TGM cars. And in third and in fourth is that 63 car that has stopped I'm going to uh, salivate over some old Porsches on the infield while Joe Bradley is down in the pit lane, where are you Joe? I'm in LMP3 land where uh, Timon van der Helm has just brought in the JDC Miller car, that's the Decane the number 85, um, what's it like out there, I know this session's been truncated quite, uh, well three times now isn't it, that must be frustrating Yes, for sure, it's a bit frustrating. We have every time we have that flag, and then we have like two run laps, and then we have to come in. Luckily, we improved a lot uh, in the weekend. The team worked hard for that to have a good setup for now, and uh, I think we're getting there. And is, are you guys looking, having you know, qualifying's out the way, you guys are now purely looking at race setup, I would think. Yeah, for sure, we're looking at race setup and have a good setup for all four drivers to do the race table and uh, don't have as less problems as we can have. Now, the LMP3, not the fastest car, not the slowest car. So you're very busy, not looking forward, but also looking back. Yeah, it's a bit busy. We have to look in the back and also in the front. Uh, but it will be fun for the race. I, uh, I think we're going to go do. I mean, you, you stand a good chance. There's a great team around you. These guys just waiting to get their hands on a new Porsche GTP. But um, all focus on this weekend, I would think. Yeah, I think if we if we just stay on track and the team uh, works well as always, then we will be fine. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Joe Bradley and uh, Nick Damon down in the pit lane. Uh, is that Lamborghini has uh, been moved. Nick Damon is watching not open heart surgery, but something close to it. Where are you, Nick? Uh, yeah, there's open car surgery on the 25 BMW, uh, the LMDH BMW. They've um, elected not to do this in the uh, garage, but they are taking a large number of small pieces off the left-hand side of the engine ancillaries. Uh, a man is trying to run a new SDI cable. I recognise SDI cables, but they are kind of general communication cables. So I, my only assumption is... They've got a, uh, a kind of a electrical problem, which they're trying to sort by putting another wire in, and they had to undo various things to actually get the, uh, 
the connection is. I could be completely wrong, but it's, um, I've not actually seen this before, so I can kind of rewire a car actually on the pit lane, but that's what they're currently doing. They're running the, uh, the brown cable from the uh, left to the right-hand side of the... Ah, is it actually connected to the radio? I don't know. They're, they're, it's, um, yeah, they're, it's, yeah, I think they're trying to get... It's, it's, I think it's a signalling issue. I think they're trying to get more signal from the car in some ways. They're not getting the telemetry or they're not getting the radio. And they're actually running a, a new cable and looking at the, the bottom end of the electrical connection. So it's a, an electrical issue, but I think it's something to do with telemetry and connection rather than the engine going broom. Thank you, Nick. Uh, you might notice as well on the uh, on the number set. By the way, it's Tim Van der Helm's birthday today. He is um, the ripe old age of 19. Uh, keep an eye out around the circuit for the uh, number 70 car. Uh, you will notice, well, certainly they had it on the outside. I know they've got it on the inside now uh, as well. The Inception, uh, was it the Inception Racing? Uh, McLaren. Um, my other car is a Porsche. No, that's the JDC um, Miller car. Uh, their LMP3 car. Yes, it's I thought because that, they're I, waiting on their delivery. I, of their, I thought uh, it was. Sorry, yes, yes, yes got the wrong yes, number given to yes, me there. Yes, um, the JDC Miller LMP3 machine. That's as they wait. So that's quite a good little placeholder though before they get their uh, Porsche 963 delivered. Yeah. Not coming. Talk, talking of birthdays, by the way, right. it's uh, Alex Ribera's uh, birthday tomorrow. Another one who's 29. Uh, oh, the, the following day, Tommy Milner uh, has a birthday. He's not 29. And uh, day, day after that, a race day, David Pittard uh, will turn 30 halfway through the race. So uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of cool. Ah. So he starts off in his 20s, and this is such a top, tough yes. race. He starts off in his 20s and finishes in his 30s. Exactly, he's 10 years older, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the situation on Porsche Customer 963s, by the way, we'll, we'll, we're going to have Thomas Loudenbach, who's the man at the head of Porsche, uh, in the booth, I think sometime today, probably the nighttime session, so we can ask him about this. The, the last I heard, and we'll get an update on this, was probably the end of April was what was being aimed for. That was possibly uh, a little ambitious, was what Thomas was saying, but we'll get the update. Uh, that would mean for the WEC, no Sebring and no Spa for the Jota, uh, Hertz Jota Porsche. Um, and for here in Imza, uh, then the issue would be, I suppose... Would you want to debut your brand new Porsche on the streets of Long Beach? Well, that's uh, the middle of, of, uh, of, of April. April. No, so it's going to miss that. Yeah, You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, probably yeah. miss one after that too. Um, so we'll we'll get something, um, an update on that with Thomas Loudenbach, who, if you haven't heard Thomas speak before, real character. You'll absolutely love him. He's one of us. He's a proper proper enthusiast, uh, and uh, that will be later on today. Uh, I think um, I've just been told 20 past three. Um, okay, I thought it was the nighttime session, but we'll speak to him later on this afternoon. Just under an hour to go, Jeremy, and yeah. we've almost got all the classes sorted out. Uh, the GTDs, as we saw in the Raw, very little to choose between a GTD car and a GTD Pro car, and, and neither should there be, because it's only the drivers that uh, determine which category that they go in. The BOP of those cars within those subclasses are exactly the same. And in fact, for qualifying, 
we will have GTD cars at the front of that starting group. That's right, yeah, the top three were all non-pro cars, and it's been pretty much that way throughout throughout the Raw, and again, uh, th here this morning, the top three cars are all non-pro cars, only fourth place is Jack Hawksworth at a 147.1, so curious, uh, that wasn't the case last year for most, most of the season. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Just talk about the, we've, so far now, we've one extra car just completed lap. We have 53 cars have completed a, uh, a flying lap or have turned in a lap time. So there's still uh, a, a few that have not. It's now 50, 56 cars have actually completed a lap now. So there's only five that haven't. The five that haven't set a representative time are the number seven and number 25 GTP cars. We've already documented those two. The other cars that haven't set a time are the GTD Pro, kind of a nine, defending champion car for FAF Motorsports, number nine Porsche. Also, the number 79 Mercedes uh, has not yet uh, been out there on the racetrack. And then GTD, the car that had a problem very, very early on, the smiling Buddha, Kelly Moss with Riley Motorsports, number 92 Porsche, has not set a time. But there's a couple of cars that have just, within the last few minutes, uh, got themselves onto the timing charts. Uh, little issue for the Arrow Lamborghini. This is the number 78 car. Bit of a wiggle going through the Le Mans chicane and then pulled off the circuit. This is the green and black machine. Loris Spinelli behind the wheel of the US Racetronics car. Uh, he's back out onto the circuit, but clearly Loris wasn't happy with that. One of the cars that Jeremy mentioned there was the number 25 BMW. Hasn't turned a representative lap. Nick is down at the RLL BMW team. What's going on, Nick? Uh, I'm down with Nick early. I mean, uh, I think the, the clue is that you've got a load of new spark plugs going in, so I think it's a misfire. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not quite sure what's going on completely. Um, obviously, there was a, a bit in the data that they didn't like, so I guess it's precautionary changes for now. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, we'll get running shortly and we'll be able to get some good mileage in. I also noticed you're running some wires in the car. Have you got some telemetry broadcast issues as well? Uh, no, I think that's just for the intercom over the top, so we can speak directly to the bits without pressing the button. So anyway, so... Where do you feel this car is? Obviously, in time, it's been three-quarters of seconds off in, in qualifying, but do you feel that's not where it is in race pace? Uh, race pace-wise, I think we'll be closer. Um, obviously, we've still got some work to do. The Acura looks very strong in particular. Um, but, yeah, I would like to have, have thought we were closer than that, even though, you know, uh, seven-tenths is a, a relatively a, a big margin uh, with the way the car's driving at the moment. I feel with a, a few small changes, we'll be able to at least half that uh, deficit quite fast. Are you looking now to find time with setup changes or with hybrid engine electric changes? To be honest, it's a combination. Uh, these are such complex cars. I think if you can get everything working in unison um, to the maximum of the capabilities, that's also going to give you yeah, free lap time. We know some of the other teams have done some very long reliability tests. What's the longest run this car's done in, in testing? Uh, I wouldn't know because I haven't been to all of them, but I would say, um, I mean, we had a 24-hour test. We didn't complete it all, um, as has already been said. But we, we've done definitely easily over 12 hours um, and then a short break and then some more. So this car, I'm sure, um, will be able to do the 24 hours. Um, whether it's with or without problems, we'll have to see. But I think the whole field are the same, judging from what I've heard from other manufacturers. Um, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to see how the race goes. 
Thanks, Nick. Hey, mate. Cheers. The 63 Lamborghini, is it's kind of associated that. It's easy to say that, the 63 Lamborghini. This weekend, however, it's with the Iron Lynx team. And when you look at the driver lineup in that car, Andrea Calderelli, Mirko Bortolotti, Roman Grosjean, who's perhaps quite new to junior racing, but Jordan Pepper teamed with a very strong driver lineup. You guys must be relatively confident. Yeah, I think the, the driver lineup's not a question at the minute. Uh, and as well as our car, I think so far through testing, we've, we've been really solid. Um, I think the car is balanced really well. We're super happy. We're just struggling, yeah, pretty much in a straight line. There's no lies about it. Uh, but I understand, obviously, it's a new car for IMSA, so they're probably playing on a bit of the cautious side. But, yeah, if, they, if it stays this way, we've got an incredible team on strategy. And, you know, IMSA, anything can happen. There's so much involved other than just pure raw pace. Uh, a lot is about strategy, a lot is about driver management, everything like that. So, yeah, very excited and very proud to be a part of such an amazing lineup for such a good and prestigious brand. And as you've seen in the past, I think uh, Lamborghini shown their success. They're the only manufacturer in the GT category to do three wins in a row. So it's pretty impressive. I think I think the car, Jordan, has just had a problem, but you've got no cans on, so you're probably maybe unaware of that. Have you had any any information regarding that? No, no, I know there's a there was an issue with Andrea. He was uh, busy doing a long run, and there was some small issue, so he stopped. Uh, I know the boys have taken it back to the garage. I'm not quite sure what the issue is. Um, I'll obviously hear about it later because I didn't have a radio on. But uh, from what I understand, they shouldn't be too long before they're back again, and then we can finish the race of the session. It's not ideal because this week of the race, you're really preparing for the race. We really want to get some good long runs and some good data. Obviously, the car is very new for the team. It's their, their first race with the, with the Lamborghini, so it's really important. And it's the Evo 2, so it's uh, super important for us to collect data. But I don't think it'll be too long before we're on track. And luckily, the other cars are, are running relatively smooth, which is good. Thanks, Jordan car that uh, Jordan was running last year, Jeremy, not going so well at the moment, the uh, the McLaren. No, that was just shown to speak, having some sort of incident somewhere on track, or going slowly at least, so not quite sure whether it's got back uh, to the pits. Brendan Areeb has shown at the wheel of that car. It's currently uh, pretty well placed, however, four fastest in GTD, sixth overall out of all the GTD cars. Uh, one of the pro cars has just moved up to second overall in GTD, if you like. That's number 64 car. It's the team TG, MS, and Martin. Owen Trinkler has turned a 147.010 to be top of the list in GTD Pro. Owen's taken to that car pretty well, hasn't he? He yeah. did the line share of the work um, over the Raw weekend and qualified the car. Um, he's had nothing but praise for Tom Ferrier and the team who are, are running that car. For the moment, that's a one-off in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Uh, no doubt that they are looking for a, a good result here, but they have transitioned their GS activities, Peter, to Aston Martin as well, which might tell us something about the future plans for Ted Giovannis at Motorsport. But, you, you, I mean, you can't fault... Tom Furrier and, and what TF Sport have achieved with Aston Martin as a brand over the last few years. Effectively, as, as Aston have, have wound down their works team, TF have, have more than picked up the slack. I think they have, yeah. I think that's a great way to put it, actually. And you, they've still got some... Aston Martin are backing it up from a driver point of view. I mean, you look at the drivers like 
you know, Nicky Team, uh, Marco Sorensen, Johnny Adam, he's a Darren Turner. You've got some great drivers that you can place in customer teams, but I think you know TF, in, in, certainly in Europe and in the World Championship, they've done so much work and they've done so, they've really got the results uh, on the uh, on the on the board. Coming over here to IMSA, they're up against a very big rival within an Aston Martin, and that's Heart of Racing. I was looking at the two Aston, the Heart of Racing cars this morning, one in GTD, one in GTD Pro, and I think them doing the double in those two classes is not out of the uh, question because they are all. just on a roll as well. So that's coming to IMSA, though, coming over the, the Atlantic to take on the best over here. Tom's been wanting to, to do an extended programme over here for a while. Uh, as I say, it's a one-off uh, for Ted Giovannis and uh, all of his drivers, all of the drivers who are split between two cars in Mission and Pilot Challenger uh, in the one car here in the WeatherTech uh, Championship. We wish them all the best. And we have, we're halfway through the session. Uh, as we start with 90 minutes on the clock, 42 and a half minutes still to go. And we have seven of the nine GTPs at the top of the shop, Jeremy Shaw. We do. And those other two, still the number seven car and number 25, not yet uh, turned representative lap times. Uh, 135.665, the fastest time in this session, set by the pole winning car and pole winning driver Tom Blomquist. Number 60, Meyer Shank Racing Acura ARX 06. At 135.6, uh, a good bit uh, you know, off the, the qualifying time from uh, last weekend, which was a, a 134.0. But uh, 135, low 135s was the regular top times during the sessions. And I'm, I'm expecting, I'm talking to various sort of engineers down the paddock, and they're, they're looking at probably 36s as race pace, one minute 36 is as race pace, uh, which uh, I think you know, everybody can, can do. Uh, but 135.6, the fastest in this session so far, just a tenth of a second ahead, less than a tenth of a second ahead of the number 01 uh, Cadillac, at that time set by Renga van der Zander. Just to remind everybody about those two GTPs with problems, Nick reported on both of them the Porsche with what looks like a steering rack or power steering pump issue and the BMW number 25 getting a new set of spark plugs they had a misfire and the also have a, a little bit of an intercom issue they were having to plug in the uh, shore power uh, if you will pl plug in the uh, the hard line to to talk to the pits when they were in the pits Spark plugs, um, consumable items, Jeremy, for your cars. How often do you change your spark plugs? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, they're a bit expensive in those Porsche GT3s, apparently. Yeah, so I gather. I'm glad I don't have to foot the bill for that. It's probably more for the spark plugs than off my car, to be honest. Uh, let's go down to Joe Bradley. And uh, from one distinctive voice in the pit lane to another, he's got Ben Keating with him. Ben, this is our first interview of the 2023 season. It's quite a thing, uh, for, certainly for me. I'm not sure about you. Ah, absolutely. It's an honor. I appreciate you coming to find me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you yeah. started the season off well. Uh, great qualifying for you guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I feel like that was uh, a lot about uh, how to get heat in your tires in 10 minutes. Uh, uh, the big wind change, but... You know, because of a couple incidences, uh, you know, we only got 10 minutes to qualify or nine and a half. 
And so it was really important to get your lap in early, and I was able to do it. But uh, I went out, started the session this morning, and uh, uh, went quite a bit quicker uh, this morning. The car feels really good. Uh, kudos to the uh, guys on the team. I don't know what they've done for the last three days, but it's, uh, it's really good. Yeah, we start looking towards the race now. But this one, Ben, it'll be the fourth consecutive Rolex 24 that you've started on the class pole. But it's been all different qualifying formats, if I, if I remember rightly. Yeah, you know, for the last few years, they've had a qualifying race. Uh, which I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of, uh, of, of the structure that we did this year. It seems silly to uh, risk the car in a race wheel to wheel where you're letting the pros finish the race uh, to figure out the, the qualifying time. But, uh, you know, the fact is the only time I've ever won this race, we started dead last at the very end of all the cars. Uh, uh, and so... Really, qualifying position doesn't matter at all in this race, uh, but uh, it's always nice to start up front. And it, that brings me nicely onto your driver lineup, Ben, because you know what? It's not a, it's not all about outright speed from here on in. And your driver lineup, you're with a different driver lineup: Paul Lubchatin, uh, Alex Quinn, and Nicolas Lapierre. I mean, Nicolas Lapierre. You know what? What can we say about him? But um, what what sort of challenges does that bring gelling with a new squad? Uh, so far. It's been great. Uh, there haven't been any challenges. You know, uh, one of my uh, uh, main rules of, uh, of racing is that uh, I'm not going to work with a jerk. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, you know I, it doesn't matter how fast you are if you're not a nice guy. And, uh, you know, everybody on the team is just a, a great guy, a great individual. And uh, we're gelling extremely well. Everybody's extremely quick. Uh, you know, and I always... I think this is the third, or I think this is the third time I've done the Rolex 24 with Nico. Uh, I love uh, having him in the car, not only because we're both uh, fast, short guys, uh, but also because he's a right foot breaker, just like me. And uh, he's proving to me that uh, you can be a right foot breaker and still be pretty quick. Uh, he's a nice guy and quick. Yes, um, bit of an easy weekend. We usually see Ben Keating jumping from car to car and it's like it's, it's quite confusing because sometimes you get the wrong overall on don't you you're in the you know you're in the winds overall for the wrong for the wrong car but this weekend focusing on the one yeah almost almost in every race for the last 10 years i've been in two different cars it just didn't work out this year uh, uh and i'm kind of grateful uh it does feel like a little bit of a vacation you know i'm getting to enjoy the experience more than running between teams you know when i'm splitting my time between teams it's hard to feel like i'm being a good teammate i can't be in two debriefs at the same time i can't be in two driver meetings at the same time and so uh, i feel like i'm i feel like i'm being very selfish when i'm in two cars but uh, of course you are you're a racing driver i've got uh, 85 guests that will be here this weekend and so being in one car means i get to spend more time with them so it's a good did you scratch an itch with that DPI last year? Uh, I, I loved the entry in DPI last year. And uh, I love working with John Church and JDC Motorsports. I hope that there's an opportunity to do that again in the future. Well, how fantastic would it be to see the wins, colors, the wins livery on a GTP car? I'm just going to plant that seed now for you, Mr. Keating, and I'll come back to you later on that.
Okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, I'll have my order in for the diecast right now. If that's a if that's a John Church 963 in Wins livery. Oh yes, please. Oh, going back to the Wins 962s. Exactly. Uh, is, yeah, absolutely uh, right. It, the press then, release and the pictures, just yeah. it, the writing themselves, yeah, aren't they? Right. Hey, look, but what a job Ben did last year in oh. that in that Cadillac uh, one year ago. Fantastically impressive he was. Massively impressive, and uh, yeah, he's just. He, he, I mean, he's still a bronze-rated driver, but uh, he probably shouldn't be. He I don't think he be can't be anything else now no, you can't, because no. of his age That's right, and when but, he started uh, racing. We've got another red flag, by the way. Uh, we have had the Lamborghini number 63 stopped again, and that has moved. Change of driver, but same issue. And this time, it's 38. contact with the wall, Peter. Yeah, yeah John DeAngelis, uh, the, the uh, bronze-rated driver in the car, um, owner of the Andalus Diamond and uh, yeah just uh, lost it on the exit it's of the performance La tech car Chicane. isn't it yep. yes car 38 yes uh, performance tech Ligier LMP3 yeah. third in category that's just lost it going through the yeah that car's been fast all week mm. it was quick last weekend as well uh, and uh, John DeAndres yeah, is from Naples Florida uh, he did he's just done this is his debut in the UNC WeatherTech Sports Car Championship did uh, one uh, IPC race, prototype challenge race, three or four years ago. That was ago now at Road Atlanta. It's been a while, but he has been driving these this car on a fairly regular basis in in in, in club race events in in the Florida area. So plenty of time in the car. Charged him briefly yesterday. Super confident for for the race. A stout line driver lineup there with Cameron Shields, who's really fast from Australia. Uh, Connor Bloom making his debut also, but uh, he's been out of the car for a few years as well, but was fast in the Michelin Pilot Challenge a few years ago. And young Chris Allen, well, young Chris Allen, he's 29 years of age, uh, but he's another newcomer to this championship uh, and indeed to him. So he just made one start in the IPC last season. He's been racing primarily the last few years in the VLN series uh, in Germany at the Nürburgring. Got lots and lots NLS and lots now. of miles. Still run by the VLN, but still run by the VLN just to make just, it slightly yeah, more complicated. Right. Don't, don't, my, my brain has hard enough time with that. But yeah, but lots of time around Nürburgring and uh, a, a strong driver lineup. But just car- trying to carry a bit too much speed through the, the uh, Le Mans chicane there. Lost it. And uh, the car just kind of nosed up to, towards the wall there mm. in uh, in the beginning of NASCAR three. Wasn't kept, by the time it got to the wall, he scrubbed off most of the speed. He was hard on the brakes, um, and it, the contact wasn't that uh, that bad. He's actually, in actual fact, able to drive that car back to the pit lane. So that's certainly good news. A tough little car that because oh, that yeah. was it. It's still a reasonable hit, you know, towards three figure speed when he hit the wall. And, no, no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, well, when he lost it and then went just yes. on the way in, but. Still, I thought you'd know about it. Uh, well, uh, and the I mean, car is the, making it is a its safer, way back. It's it is a safer barrier there. I yeah, think. yeah, yes, but he, yeah, he, yeah. he had those brakes locked up and it scrubbed off most of the speed before he hit the fence. Unlike last weekend, one of the LMP3 cars, Joy Gargu, who was the, the pole sitter in the VP Racing Challenge Series race, he had a huge wreck there. He lost the back end of the car, spun around and, and hit with the uh, left rear corner of the car and destroyed the left rear corner. Uh, John there was uh, carrying a lot less speed when he made contact with that retaining wall. It shows you the benefits of the safer barrier as well in, all, yeah. in all matters. Fourth uh, of the uh, fourth red flag in this session with yeah. just over half an hour still to go. We had very few during the raw test, didn't we? Mm. Reds. 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, in fact, I think, um, well, we'll come back to that. Uh, let's go back to BMW. The 24 car is the one that has been circulating. And Joe Bradley is with Colton Herter. Some setup changes going on on the front end of that number 24 BMW. Colton Herter, however, sunning himself. Uh, Colton, what, what are you guys chasing there? Was that a ride eye change? I think they're actually just uh, changing the front end, the, um, the basically what is the front wing of the car, the front diffuser, and, and checking the backup one. Uh, we want to make sure we go through all this stuff before the race, make sure it's all the same as, as our um, starting one so, uh, so we can riddle out any problems if we do have any with, with any of the backup parts. Now, for a professional IndyCar driver, this is always a nice prologue for you guys to get the chip, the Christmas rust off. Is that how you guys see it? I mean, I know you're here intensely competitive and all that. Yeah, it's 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 great preparation for our IndyCar stuff as we haven't been in the car for quite a while to, to knock the rust off. But it's it's such a fun event to, to compete in in itself. It's so competitive, especially now in this GTP class with all these great manufacturers, a lot of good drivers in it. Um, and yeah, it's just highly competitive this year. A lot of, a lot of guys that want to be here and win. Now, I remember seeing you in the hotel at Portimao having breakfast the day we were leaving after the, the uh, after the 24 hours. But you had, a, you had quite an exciting day there testing the McLaren at Portimao. This, this was probably, what, August last year or something? Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. It was, Tell us what that was like. It was a lot of fun, man. Those cars are, are very impressive. I, I got to drive the 2021 car, so it still had all the downforce and, and a lot of power. Um, and, yeah, very impressive machine. How everybody conducts himself over there is very impressive. Um, and a lot of uh, cool tech on that car that I haven't seen before. So it's nice to get into, into it and, and have a chance just to see what an F1 car is like. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And great, a little bit of preparation for, for this, even though I didn't know this was coming. But a um, little preparation and getting in a hybrid car, and uh, it's helped a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of rumors that you are wanting a full-time drive in IMSA in this car. Is, you know, how are things going with regards to that? Will we see you back for, for all of the IMSA series? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you saying uh, The rumor is that you, we're going to see you back in this car for the whole series. Is that close? No, 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 not for me. I, w I would love to. Uh, but IndyCar is going to take up most of my time. But... Um, yeah, I think as of right now, Daytona is the only race on the schedule as far as IMSA goes, and um, I'd love to do a little bit more, so hopefully. Yeah, we'd like to see you as well. That sounds cool. Just further the pit lane with uh, the uh, 21 AF Corsa car, Miguel Molina. Uh, Miguel, the debut for this beautiful new 296. How different is it from the predecessor? Well, actually, yeah, we, we have the new car here. We have a lot of things to to sort out yet uh, but I think we will gonna be ready for for the for the big race I think it's going it's going quite quite good so far uh, car feels good but as I said uh, a lot of things to to get used to it and to sort out because uh, as a new car is still uh, some some job to do but uh, yeah looking forward for this race is amazing race amazing atmosphere couple of uh, years that I was not coming to, to do this race, so really looking forward. You're using the same engine as the new 499 prototype, the uh, LMP. Is that, is that a big step forward, the engine? Well, we are here to talk about the... To, the it's your engine as well. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. You can talk about anything you like, it's fine. No, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, there are two cars, uh, two brand new cars. Both... Both cars are using the same engine, so for sure there are different different specs. But uh, yeah, uh, a lot of mileage has been done on on this on this side. 
and yeah, I mean, uh, it's really good to to be involved in both projects. This 296 is an incredibly sophisticated concept for a GT car. In many ways, it looks like a small AMP car. Was that the idea, to make it as close to a prototype as possible? Well, uh, actually, when you build a new car, you always try to to do, the, to do it uh, better. So uh, we have a new, a new partner to build the car, and uh, they have a lot of experience as Isoreca. Uh, building the prototypes and for sure the project is, has been made by Ferrari but um, yeah uh, the car looks really good really fast and and it's also easier to work for the mechanics great thanks Miguel I'll back up well about 70 feet to you John yes thank you Nick up on the fifth floor uh, down from Ferrari the 25 BMW GTP car has gone out and back in again uh, it still seems that we've got some Porsche problems. Um, the 7 was uh, behind the wall and is now back. Uh, no, that's the Whelan car, excuse me. Uh, the 31 Whelan Cadillac is out. So they were looking at the number 6963 as well. Been in one or two changes at the top. And there's Philippe Albuquerque who goes to the top for the WTR Andretti Acura. The Connick and Minolta car ahead of the 0-2, which was Earl Bamba who set that time. Richard Westbrook now in that car. There's two tenths between those. 135-3, so still a second and a bit away uh, from the fastest time we saw at the Raw in uh, last weekend. Tom Blancmist, who set the pool time, is third for... Mayershank Racing with Kerb Agajanian and their ARX 06 Acura, that's the 60 car. Then the 0-1, the yellow-fronted Cadillac, Renger von der Zander. Nick Tandy just going out, actually, in the Penske Porsche Motorsport machine. Nick was on for pole position when a gust of wind unsettled the Porsche last Sunday and really took away all his rear grip he just slightly nipped the front wheel up on the car he was just readjusting that and got a gust of wind at an inappropriate moment well when are they not and sent him into the wall the car actually stood up pretty well we were having a bit of a it might have been a bit too soon but we were having a bit of a joke with the Porsche guys to say well you've set one record guys you're the first people who've uh, crashed a GTP in competition and they were very quick to come back with yes, yes, that's that's what we were going for, we planned it all along of course it wasn't but the car stood up pretty well, yes there was some suspension damage but it was mainly bodywork. Nick was able to drive the car back to the pit lane so uh, not what they wanted out of that Peter as we've got a Porsche uh, sorry, uh, um the 57. 57. This is the GTD Windward car. Off. Now, that has had contact with the wall. I think it turned six, is that? Just going back onto the. No, turn two. Turn two, the impact. So, just at the start of the lap on the inside, the car facing the correct direction. And there's damage to the left and the right front of that Windward car. And. Kyle Kirkwood, excuse me, uh, Lucas Auer at the wheel of that car, fastest in this session. Remember, 
qualifying is done and dusted, so this is just a practice session, and the TechMet machine has had some contact with the wall. Ah, it was on the grass. It was on the grass coming out. To, oh, no, that's Ooh, much thrust. bigger than I thought. That's moved the concrete. So it's a straight-on front hit for the number 57. Just got a little bit wide. Two wheels over the kerb and into the wall. Pretty flush there, Peter. Um, I, I'm not sure whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, but that that was a very, very big hit for the 57 car, and that will cause quite a bit of work for the Winwood mechanics. Uh, that's not the safer barrier there, so yeah, let's hope that's uh, all okay. That will be a lot of work for the Windward Racing Mechanics. They'll be up to it for sure, but yeah, very firm head-on impact into the, the wall. But these cars are built very, very safe. Marshall's straight on it, signalling the, uh, the yellow flag uh, as, as they should. Now, the number seven, uh, sorry to change the subject, but the number seven Penske Porsche GTP car is back from out the wall. They're ready to get to start running again just as the red flag came out so not much running for that car unfortunately in this session there's going to be this could be a while to clean up 23 minutes still to go the driver's helmet is off and our chevrolet safety trucks and the amr safety team best in the business with the porsche cayenne intervention vehicle are already with lucas and He's, he's at least winded there. We'll give you a full update when we can. Um, no point in speculating. But that was a very abrupt stop. It, it's not super high speed there. But basically, there's, uh, there's no give in that concrete wall. And uh, that was a very sharp stop indeed. Fifth red flag in this first Rolex 24 hours at Daytona practice of race week for the 61st running of the great race. Let's take this opportunity to hear from some more drivers. First, let's check in with Joe Bradley at a pit in end of things. Yeah, I've got the number 23 Aston Martin. That's the heart of racing team. Aston Martin just come into the pits. David Pittard has climbed out of the car. And I'm not sure whether, did you bring that car in because of that stoppage or were you already coming in? No, red flag. So yeah, box. Yeah. And everything up to that point is part of the schedule, I would imagine, if you've jumped out and then give somebody else a turn. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Joe, our engineer, has been bang on the money. He's called a lot of red flags in this first session. I think, um, yeah, just everyone's sort of prepped for this week. Maybe they've changed some components, which has caused some issues, or maybe the drivers have bottled up a bit of, uh, yeah, tension and aggression. They want to get back, back out on track. But yeah, I hope everyone can still make the beginning of the beginning of the race. That's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, back again this time with Heart of Racing. Uh, back with the Aston Martin again. Fantastic team. Big thanks to Ian James for having me along. And uh, to be in GTD Pro, sharing with Ross and Alex as well. Uh, two sort of almost veterans, really, you could say, of IMSA now. Um, mega. Really glad for the opportunity and can't wait for Saturday to start. We, we were just seeing off air there where the GTD Pro class... Uh, all right, there's not quantity, but we've certainly got quality, haven't we? It's going to be a bit of a fist fight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we had a little group chat sort of before Christmas, and as every manufacturing team were sort of releasing the lineups and things like that, we're like, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, wow, look at that lineup, etc. So, um, yeah, I'm only in for the, the long races, but uh, certainly Ross and Alex have got their work cut out to bring home the overall IMSA championship. So it's, uh, it's going to be well earned, whoever takes it home. And, yeah, obviously, I hope it's hard racing. 
Absolutely. Good luck, David. Thanks for talking to us. And uh, qualifying might have been last week, but we've got Nick Dimon with one of our pole sitters. Yeah, with Nico Pino from the 33 Sean Creech Motorsport um, LMP3, where you won last weekend. Uh, what's the program for this weekend? So, well, it's so far pretty chaotic session. Of course, we are preparing everything for the race. Now, giving the guys some track time, getting everyone used to the car and getting a strong car for the 24. So, yeah, going through procedures, checking that everything uh, is in place. And, yeah, so far, happy with it. And let's see how it goes. First time um, we've had a, I've had a chance to chat to you in the, uh, the IMSA pit lane. Give us an idea of your background. How did you, what's, your, what's your racing background? So, pretty much... Uh, been 10 years racing now since started eight year old last year racing in the lms p2 in the championship uh, was chaotic last race unfortunately for us but yeah now jumping into prototypes uh it's pretty nice path so far so and obviously in p3 now obviously you must be you know, laying out what you want to do next this race obviously first but where do you see your career going are you, are you now moving up into the the sports car ladder and you know le mans the ultimate uh, aim so, of course, there's a lot of options now open. Uh, now we are, of course, with Chan Craig now in the P3, focused now fully on this weekend, trying to finish what we started in a proper way. But, yes, yeah, a lot of things open now on the table, trying to go up on the categories and, of course, see how my career goes. You've raced open wheel, you've raced sports cars. The, the big difference, obviously, is open wheel, you set the car up as you want, sports cars has to be a compromise. I mean, how, how do you find that? Do you like working in a team, or do you prefer to be the lone wolf? Well, of course, the, in, sport, in Formula cars, you set up the car for yourself. In Formula, or in prototypes and GTs, you have to compromise a little bit for all four drivers, or three drivers, depending. But, yeah, both ways, I like it. I like working as a team. I like when... Everyone is collectively giving feedback and trying to make the car fast and helping each other. So it's two different concepts. Of course, this type of racing is really fun with a lot of strategy going on and, of course, a lot of teamwork. The 24 is a long race and demanding race. So, yeah, I don't have a preference if it's either Formula or prototypes. Uh, unchanged car from, from last year and, and lots of running already. What work do you still have to do over today and tomorrow? So pretty much it's now going through procedures. We have a fast car. Now Joao put the car on P2 when he, while he was running. So we know we have a fast car. It's just doing the things, having all procedures done, uh, making sure there's no mistakes and trying to get everything set for the race. Nico, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, Nico Pinto, Nino Pinto, who... Uh, scored a very good pole position last weekend just a reminder that if you are tuned in we've got just over 17 minutes still to go pole position was set for all of the classes gtp lmp2 lmp3 and gtd i suppose and gtd pro as well although they're, they're mixed together uh, that they were all set last sunday if you didn't catch our coverage it is available on imsaradio.com uh, there's video up as well on the official IMSA YouTube site, uh, which uh, you can catch up on as well. It's worth watching, uh, even if you know what happened. Uh, there's unmistakable drama right throughout that. If you don't know what happened, I won't spoil it for you. Um, you may well know who's on pole, but not exactly how uh, it happened through the race. Uh, it, it's worth watching. 
and or listening to, uh, depending how much bandwidth that you've got. Uh, and uh, you can catch up on that, as well as all the other sessions, which is building nicely, including the two free practice sessions this morning that we uh, didn't broadcast to the world from MX5 and from MPC. That's all over at imsaradio.com. Uh, and we should have a schedule uh, up there for the, the rest of the weekend shortly. We were just uh, making a couple of amendments to that. I'll wait for Tim Gray to tell me that that's all been done and dusted. Uh, still the uh, recovery uh, going on of the... The number uh, 57. Uh, the Winwood car, yeah. yeah. He just set the fastest lap of the yeah. session at Lucas Hour there. A 146.763. And uh, the AMR safety crew, what a, what a bunch they are, just straight on the scene and uh, giving the best, uh, best care and support possible. Uh, and uh, that is, they are the best in the business. Yeah. Um, and the days of scoop and shoot, as they used to call it, well gone. Uh, everybody is, whether it's uh, race, EMTs, or out on the street, it's all about uh, making sure that everybody is okay before you move them. Huge amount of safety uh, equipment on the cars, including, of course, access panels in the roofs of the, uh, the GT3 cars now, which uh, allows medical staff to, to get in make sure everybody stabilised, hands device all mandatory now uh, protective ears on the seats, we'll give you an update from the team in a moment or two uh, just to uh, let you know by the way if you want to have a look at the schedule for the weekend go to the uh, radiolamont.com page, look at, down at the bottom of the front page RS2 and you can have a look at all of the sessions that are on this weekend. And the TV symbol will tell you where we've got video as well. Just under 15 minutes to go. We've sent Joe on an investigative mission uh, to do a bit of detective work down at uh, Penske Porsche Motorsport. Both of their cars are on the pit lane now. See what he can find out. And while he's doing that, Nick Damon, is it the pit out end of things? Yeah, with the, uh, the 88 AF Corsa P2 and Nicholas Nielsen. Nicholas, I'm going to ask you the difficult question first. Um, how much more difficult is it to run these P2 cars now they've been slowed down so much? Um, well, yeah, obviously um, it's more tricky. Um, I mean, I've never been here in the P2 before, so for me it's a first. But, like, uh, yeah, the LMP3s are definitely... Uh, quite difficult to pass. It looked uh, a lot easier in the past, so that's uh, yeah, that's a bit challenging. But the, 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 on the flip side, is, is there's, there's a possibility that a P2 car could win this race because it seems very likely that a lot of the uh, GTPs are going to have a problem. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think the chance is still quite small. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure they will uh, they will be quite reliable in the race as well for the GTP. So we will see. Uh, I mean, uh, first of all, I think we will focus on our um, our race, our class. And try to do the best we can, and uh, I mean, then we will see uh, see what happens for the rest. What are you concentrating on in these sessions when they're actually running? Uh, well, yeah, obviously we try to get the setup right. Uh, focus mainly on long runs now, since the quality is already uh, done. Uh, so yeah, just to um, do some fine adjustments on the setup and try to prepare as, uh, as good as possible for the race. Thank you, Nicholas. And now down to Porsche Penske Motorsport, Dane Cameron and Nick Tandy with our own Joe Bradley. It's the Dane and Nick show then, isn't it? Yes, uh, Dane, I'll start with you. Um, all I can say is there's a lot of tinkering going on on the cars, which I think you would expect in sort of, you know, the brand new cars, brand new 
regulations, but you being a racing driver, no disrespect by this, but are you guys sort of in on what's going on exactly? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, we're not very bright, obviously, but... Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, yeah, it's just uh, tinkering a bit for the weekend, more or less. Uh, it's a bit colder than it was last week, and, and now qualifying is obviously out of the way from last week, so that was dividing a bit of our time uh, through the roar, um, and now it's fully focused onto the race and making sure we have the best piece possible you know, now race, race parts, all these types of things. So checking some boxes and making sure we're happy before a race begins. It'll be here before we know it. So, Nick, is that, you know, I, I say tinkering. Um, are you guys now focusing on tuning that car for a 24-hour race? I mean, I love this qualifying being last week because it gives the team and you guys a chance to completely and utterly focus on the race. It does. Um Obviously, well, in our, in our case, we've, there's some race bits that have been put on the cars um, over the break from the raw to this, this first practice session. Um, so this is basically a run-in of, uh, you know, a shakedown of the bits that have gone on. There's, it's not full, full spec race stuff. There will be some other parts changed probably overnight or tomorrow. Um, so there's a bit of this, you know, making sure that everything that's gone on the car ready for the race is okay. Um, the seven had to go back to the garage and just uh, sort a couple of bits out, um, which is not unusual. But uh, yeah, we're just kind of trying to get the thing to to handle nicely for a for a stint, which is it's not easy. There's because there's so much power that goes through the rear axle, um, the energy in the rear tyres is is quite high on all the LMDH cars, so. Yeah, kind of figuring out where we want to be, whether you want to be quick at the start, quick at the end of a stint, quick on a double. <laughs> so we're, we're still learning. And, I mean, did, is that something that you guys chat about as drivers? Do, is that something that you, with your engineers, come to a decision on how you're going to do that? Yeah, I think with the engineering team, uh, I think for the three of us, we're all certainly on the same page, I think, for what we're looking for, which is good. We don't have any rogue opinions, which uh, can happen. So... Um, yeah, we're still just learning so much about the car and, and what it takes and, um, you know, what, what tools we have in our toolbox to uh, address some of these issues and, and what's the best way to do it So, with the minimal compromises. So we're certainly on the same page and we're just trying to make best use of our time. It's unfortunate it's been a bit of a messy session, which uh, cuts down on the time. But, yeah, we'll see how we go. Dan, this is probably the not, uh, not the, the only time I'm going to ask someone this question. What's the general comparison between the new GTP uh, spec car and the DPI from last season? Yeah, it's a fair bit different. Uh, as we saw in qualifying, the lap time, I think, will pretty quickly be fairly close in the ballpark of DPI, but you you make that lap time in, in a much different way. Uh, we have so much more horsepower now. It's a bit more of a dragster. It's a bit more uh, free lap time in a straight line because the, the weight has gone up with this regulation and the downforce has gone down. So it's not quite as quick through the corners as we were in DPI, but it's... Uh, it's humming along pretty good in the straights, that's for sure. So it's uh, it's getting there, and I think as this package and as this class is going to evolve, it's going to get quicker and quicker and quicker. So we saw such a big evolution through DPI, through that refinement, and we're only just scratching the surface of these. So it's pretty cool to see how quick we already are and, uh, and know there's a lot more uh, road ahead of us in terms of performance still to come. Nick Tandy, back in a prototype. Nick, um, is it something you prefer to go be going for the overall win rather than just the class win? I mean, I want to race the coolest cars for the best teams against the best drivers. You're doing that, man, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I was lucky to do some real good racing over the, the past, yeah, a few seasons. And um, now it looks like this this category of and this kind of, this new era of 
of racing is, is going to be it's going to be cool. You've got these awesome cars and these teams and manufacturers racing in GDP. So yeah, it's good. To, you, you, it's good to win a race outright, but um, it's always yeah, I've always wanted to have great racing and and develop great race cars as opposed to you know just being a class to win a, an overall. But now we get to, to to do both again. So yeah, it's it's fun to be back. And you, of course, won a race overall in a GT car uh, back at Petite. I can't remember what year, but um, you must be delighted to be back across here in the United States. The weather's better, isn't it? It's not too bad today, is it? (laughs) It's not going to get cold like it was last year. Well, hopefully not, no. This is a thing. But, yeah, I mean, we hope that the the weather is is good for the weekend. It looks pretty good. Um, Daytona is notorious for changing temperatures. Uh, But that's one of the beauties of this this event and endurance racing in general you never know you've got to deal with different stuff so we're ready i think we're looking forward to it it's great to talk to you guys really thank you appreciate that for that bit of insight there bit of insight into the number six penske porsche there john yeah very good uh wheelbarrow problems last weekend still not full reliability from the gtp categories at the front of the field it's the uh, it's 19 laps completed for the number 10, Conning and Minolta Acura. 13 laps for the second place, Cadillac, the 0-2 of uh, Cadillac Racing, and that's the blue-fronted car. Number 60, Acura, the pole-sitting car. Tom Blanc is the pole-sitting driver. He's done 14 laps. Uh, only six for the 0-1 Cadillac in fourth position. Nick Tandy's Porsche. Actually, they've done 20 laps. Uh, I think that's probably the most of any of the GT. 20, 22. Ah. 22. 20, 24 for the uh, MSR. Their, their, their prep is just going perfectly, isn't it? So, yeah. pole, top of the timesheets most of the time, most laps in practice. Sorry, it was 12 laps for the Cadillac. They did their best lap uh, on their sixth lap. Yeah. Um, in LMP2. Uh, the best time still belonging to the number 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsport. That's the wins car. Uh, and in second place, the 18 is the Aero, uh, is the Aero Motorsport, the blue car. Uh, and Gabby Chavez... No, where are we? Dwight Merriman was last in that car. Re- this VK came in when the red flag came out in the third place car in the class which is the TDS racing car. In LMP3, uh, it was the Ranch 74 Riley run Ligier that was best ahead of Gabby Chavez in the number 36 Andretti Autosport, the black and white car from the Sean Creech Motorsport, number 33. They're all Ligiers, that's the Stars and Stripes car. And in GTD, the 57 car, which hit the wall and has caused this lengthy stoppage. Five minutes to go. We're just about clearing up. We'll get you some news on LucasArt when we can. Ahead of the Lexus at number 12, that's the GTD standard car. Ahead of the GT Pro uh, uh, fastest car, that's the number 64 Owen Trinkler driven uh, GTD Aston Martin Vantage for Team TGN. Uh, that's your top three there. Before we go back green, let's uh, check back in with Nick Damon. With Kieran Lee out of the 42 Lamborghini, uh, how frustrating is these constant stops and starting of this uh, session? Yeah, so far so good. I think uh, we're doing a really good job actually. 
so for me, this session is more about the uh, cold tire warm up. So, because I'm not really good with the cold tire, so we did a cold tire session, and uh, we they put my co-driver in after the cold tire. Uh, but unfortunately, we had a couple time like right flags, and uh, we saw the big crash with the Mercedes. I hope the driver is okay. And uh, yeah, we just we just do our job. Team doing really good, very consistent. Um, so yeah, we just hope we can we can have a better result this weekend. With the Lamborghini Evo 2, how big a change is it from the original the car from last year? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's definitely a new car. So the Evo 2, you you got the uh, the guys have like new arrows, and uh, we got like a uh, new steering inside of the car, and uh, you know. It's like more traction control manual, so it's really good for the gentleman drivers. Yeah. Thanks, Jerome. Yep. Uh, we'll hear from the guys down in the pit lane in three or four minutes' time. Try and get a word with a couple of the fastest teams at the moment. WTR Andretti at the head of GTP. Porsche down the inside at uh, the west hairpin. Now pulling over to the left of the road being followed through by the Corvette number three both the Porsches tracking together as they turn into turn number six onto the banking looks a little bit squirrely good run for the second of those two Porsches which I think is the six car yeah that is handy. in the slipstream goes side by side 247 to go as that pass is made this is not positional this is not for anything else as they go into the uh, Le Mans chicane there is two minutes and 35 34 33 seconds to go you can see in, uh, Nick Tandy as well. You can tell he grew up on uh, cold, short stock, mini stock oh, ovals because those tyres just switching on straight away. But these new hybrid powertrains, listening to uh, Conor De Filippi saying that you know you get the turbo, you normally would get turbo lag, but the electric right there to fill that gap. And the way that these cars put their power down, they're not four-wheel drive like no, an LP1 car. So you've got nearly 700 horsepower going through the 670 horsepower going through the rear tyres and when they're cold I mean and at the moment you know we've got a lovely sunny day when we get to the cool of the night ooh, those GTP drivers are going to have to be on top of it we have low temperature compound and high temperature compound for Michelin for the for qualifying and for the race the first time or for the this uh, leading up to the race the first time they are going to be allowed to use those low temperature compound tyres will be this evening in night practice we do have a darkness session tonight if you're here at the track don't don't plan to be away from the track don't make a Never. dinner booking stick trackside these cars running under the lights look absolutely stunning we were somewhat curtailed last weekend on the saturday night because of a rainstorm that uh, brought out a red flag amazingly lots of people stayed on uh, and kept their cars running as it dried up it was fantastic to watch uh, it's due to be dry this evening uh, as far as temperatures are concerned 17 degrees in the air and 13 celsius uh, on the track that uh, translates for those of you here at the circuit to let me just flip my screen so i can't do it in my head uh, 99 on the track and 63 in the air so that's the uh, Fahrenheit version 
of that. So that's toasty for the Michelin tyres, I would say. Not, not sure that we are going to need the low temperature tyres on that track. 22 seconds to go. It's interesting, John, that the two Acuras, the number 10 WTR Andretti, Konica Minolta car, and the uh, Meyershank racing machine, both very content, not taking these last six minutes of the session and just rolling back to the garage. That's the sign of a team, or two teams, with a lot of confidence heading into this race. We, uh, but so many of the crews, I'd say at least 80 or 90% of the crews out just getting those last five minutes in, every last mm. bit of track time is really valuable. Actually, surprisingly so, John, how many people took those last five minutes to get out there and get those few laps in. Checkered flag being readied and now waving and across the line the bright yellow Lamborghini, one of the first to see that. That was the Claudia Schiavone driven number 19. Also the BMW Hybrid V8 of Augusto Farfus, the number 24 car. Alex Quinn in the wins Origa. It's the 52 car. They've all crossed the line seen the checkered flag. A bit of a traffic jab at the Le Mans chicane on the back straight with the with the Le Mans branding on it as well I noticed as it as it is on the Ford chicane at Le Mans now just waiting for a couple of cars to come to the chequered flag to see if there's going to be any major changes not a great session it must be said for the number seven uh, team Penske Porsche number seven car um, not an indicative lap time set nine seconds off uh, the outright pace, only five laps set, so the later session, session two and session three later to D, later to D will be very important for that number seven Penske car specifically uh, Well, the poll was set last weekend, we'll talk to the fastest people in this session at the moment, it's an Acura last weekend it was an Acura, Tom Blomqvist uh, and the number 60 MSR Acura fastest in every session in which they competed and Joe Bradley is talking to the fastest GTP driver at Daytona. Tom, I know you guys are hard at work with regards to looking towards the race, but it must be a nice feeling knowing that you're going to start the race from pole position. Yeah, that, that's that's always fun. Uh, it's always always good for the guys, and you know, good morale boost ahead of a, a very very difficult race. Um, but it's also uh, you know kind of a a nice omen, you know, for, for the work that HPD, Acura, Oracle have all, you know, done, you know, building this car and stuff that we're able to, uh, you know, light it up and, and put the thing on pole, which is which is great. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, the, the, the work now is, is, is all, you know, focused on the race. So, okay, we know the car's quick over one lap um, to put the car on the pole position. That's what it was all about. How different a car is your race car from your qualifying car? <laughs> Honestly, uh, not very different at all. You know, we're we're very lucky in that we've 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 got a good car, and um, you know, it, it's kind of works in all, all conditions at the moment uh, that we've driven it in at least. So, uh, yeah, we're we're excited for the race. Um, you know, we're we're not really worried about the pace. Uh, you know, obviously the the biggest concern for every single one of us is uh, obviously reliability. But uh, yeah, we, if there's only one way we're going to find that one out. With Paul Loop Chatin from the 52, fastest in this session. Um, not sure how much that means with all the um, uh, problems. PR1 Matheson, though, had pole last weekend. You're keeping that speed going. 
Yeah, you know, the good point is that the, the car is very nice to drive. The team uh, did a really great job during the, during the last uh, five days, and, uh, you know, we'll go step by step. But, uh, but yes, of course, it's always better to start uh, the race with, with a good pace, like it looks like we have. But uh, the competitors are really strong also, and, uh, you know, we'll try to do our job, and let's see uh, at the end of the week uh, what we can manage to do. You have huge experience in P2. I mean, how they keep changing it. Now it's a bit slower again. How do you find these changes have made the car this year? Uh, it's, it's even harder, to be honest. Because of that, we have to bring more minimum speed into the corner. And, uh, and we also have to be really focused on the exit because we have less horsepower. So, so the exit is really important. So um, uh, it's, it's quite even harder, even if the car is less powerful, which is a bit strange. But uh, it's part of the game, and we manage it. Paul Luke, thank you. Fast in P2. Fast overall for WTR Andretti Racing. Well, down with Joe. Philippe Albuquerque. Philippe, some important conversation going on there with your tyre engineers. Can you let us into what, what the chat was about? Uh, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, all these uh, cold tyres and feeding information to Michelin. We are always learning. Now it's a little bit harder than it was last weekend. Um, and, and, and learn about it. So tonight we will try the soft compound which it goes into the night, which should be better on the cold tires. So we were just feeding information. And uh, I had a funny moment. Uh, I wish I had like a onboard camera for everybody, but because uh, on the out lap I saw, I think it was Alex Lynn on the Cadillac. He had a massive moment uh, <laughs> at T3. Oh, teammate of yours, of course, isn't he? Yeah, it was, it was. So I was laughing in the car because uh, it, it nearly went out at like, I don't know, 30 kph. Like it was super slow, but he saved it. He, he saved it. I was like... Good job, Alex, you know, but it was a massive moment. Wow. You guys have got, obviously got to be happy fastest in this practice session. It's going in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's good to be quick, but I think we are so much within the pack. And we, we could see at the qualifying, Acura has been the fastest, but then when it, when it really matters, everyone is within three tenths. So I think everyone is just addressing their, you know, checklist, what to do, uh, dress for the, for the race. Um, obviously, I'm really happy with the car. Uh, it was a competitive lap time. Uh, I think it's very important as well, the traffic, uh, get a clean lap, which has been kind of chaotic, the, the track, with a lot of kind of people lost in the track with little issues. I was one of them, actually, one time with a little issues as well with the car in terms of reliability. But um, so far, so good. But still, you know, we, we, we are doing our own work and not really looking to the side. Thank you, Philip. Oh, it was a good interview. Joe Bradley and Nick Dearman uh, down on pit road. Uh, and we'll hear more from them later on today. Well, your first opportunity to look at the 2023 field. Peter Mackay alongside me, John Hindorf, on the fifth floor. Uh, what do you make of that? Just very high quality. When you look at the, the amount of top teams, top drivers that we have here, a, a little bit more of a chaotic session than I expected, to be honest. A lot of stoppages. Um, you know, some because of mechanical, unfortunately, because of that incident with Lucas Hauer at the end there. We wish him uh, the very best. But uh, a lot of teams finding time in, in that session as well. Big gains. Uh, and I think cases. we'll see more to come throughout. No qualifying to worry about. It's all about setup for the 61st running of the Rolex 24 Daytona. You'll hear all of the sessions live and exclusive here on IMSA Radio. 
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.